This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on August 8th, 2023. Good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us for the Tuesday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Rachel Pearson, filling in for Rob Hart. Women traveling alone face some special challenges. We'll cover that and some top autumn destinations in our next segment. Right now, though, as students head back to the classrooms, technology is top of mind. So let's talk about what's needed, what's new. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is Jennifer Jolly, a Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder, editor-in-chief of Techish.com based in San Francisco. Jennifer, when it was back to school season for me, maybe I'm dating myself, the technology I needed was like a TI-83 calculator and nothing else. It's changed a lot. (laughs) And number two pencils. That was it. My, how times have changed. Okay, here's a fun fact. Guess what the main entrance for 70% of homes in the United States is nowadays? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, you'd say, like, everybody's, like, yelling at the at the radio, the front door. No, it's the garage door. That's the new main way in and out of most homes um, for friends, family, yep, even the creepers. So I just put up the MyQ Garage video keypad. It's a $100 in and out upgrade super easy way to see and control who comes in and out of your garage pair it with an app on your smartphone you can do things like set specific codes for each child so you get notified the minute they come or go which is way better than thinking that they'll remember to send you a text when they get home wow that redefines the latchkey kid doesn't it yeah yes exactly a whole new era of latchkey kids right so let's talk about what can be used within the classroom too and and let's sort of start with younger kids and then work our way up from there well, I don't know that I would take this to school, but I am obsessed with the StoryPod. It's a screen-free, interactive, educational audio player. And you heard me right, screen-free. You put a little object on the top. It's a round cylindrical device, kind of a, a little bigger than, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what's like a popular thing. that's half the size of a lunchbox or so. But you put this little token on top or a book or a little yarn character, and it plays a set of songs or stories around a theme. But the magical superpower, if you have an app anywhere in the world, grandparents, um, teachers can record a message. The parent can sync that with what you put on top, and kids can wake up with, like, grandma singing, you know, good morning, it's time to start your day, or reading a bedtime story. I mean, absolutely gobsmacked when I reviewed this. Love it so much. Wow, wow. Now, if we're talking uh, some older kids, a lot of school districts in this area have that one-to-one technology where they're working with Mm. laptops and and things like that. But, you know, if you wanted to have something extra on top of that, or if you want to have a family computer where you're doing schoolwork, what might you recommend then? 
Well, I, it's hard for me to go through this season without talking about a awesome new laptop or tablet. I talk a lot about Lenovo, uh, most prolific, prolific gadget makers in the world. They have the Lenovo Slim Pro 7. It's thin and light, fast and affordable, pretty perfect for schoolwork, battery life to manage a full day of classes, time left over for homework. Uh, great for taking notes, writing essays, research, occasional foray into streaming videos and social media. So it can grow alongside them. I really like that one this year. All right. And finally, my, my husband will hate me for asking this. He's a high school teacher and this is like the vein of his existence is is smartphones and phones in the classroom. Yeah. But yeah. but I feel like every student has one. And so what how, what would be the best kind of technology for, for a high school student, let's say, to have? Well, I say wait to get them a smartphone as long as you possibly can. If you're looking for those higher-end smartphones, you know, if they've earned the right to get a flagship smartphone, take a look at Samsung's Galaxy S23 Ultra, chock full of premium tech, enhanced productivity, things like that S Pen. You can take notes. You can jot right into your phone. I love that. But then I also love flip phones. They're cool again. I love that. Really for <laughs> high school and college students across the nation, opting for a more simple, cost-saving way to use phones in kind of this new, old way, a more healthy way. And for 30 bucks a month, you can grab a track phone. They have a TCL Flip 2. They start as low as $10 a month. And any unused minutes and data roll over to the next month. So if you're on a budget, you just want to simplify your life, that's a great way to go as well. Thanks for all the suggestions. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today. Coming up in Travel Tuesday, we'll look at some fall destinations, including ones that may have a particular appeal to women. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It is Travel Tuesday, and in this segment, the focus is all about those fall destinations and specifically some tips for women looking to take a solo excursion. We welcome Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale. Her website, TravelBTA.com. And Angie, uh, I know I, we, we talked about back to school. We know fall is just around the corner, and there are some really great destinations. Uh, particularly for women? I think women really have to look for a destination that is going to resonate with them. If you're going to take that leap and travel by yourself and you don't have to contemplate with others as to where we should go, what we should do, it absolutely should be focused on the destination and the things that you enjoy. So let's talk about what are some of those popular destinations that you're seeing getting booked up right now? Of course, when you're traveling solo, some of the things that come to mind is safety. Will I feel safe? And then logistics is another component that I think is important to investigate. And the destinations that in in the U.S., for example, we see more women being active. So they like the national parks, the outdoors. So destinations like Wyoming, Idaho, Arizona, those are popular destinations in the Carolinas. And then as far as abroad, Costa Rica is a friendly environment for the solo traveler. And then fall, you know, to me, it's a great time uh, to travel to avoid the crowds. And I'd say for Europe, some of the more popular destinations, if you're into wellness, I would say Greece. And again, to be by that coastline, you know, it appeals to us all. I would say Portugal and Croatia are also popular destinations. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about not necessarily peak season, it's going to be beautiful weather. But if we're talking about solo travel, what advice do you have? Because you, you sort of alluded to it, safety for many women can be a big concern. Correct. First of all, there's so many resources out there online. And there's even travel coaches that will coach you through the process of learning to travel as a solo traveler. 
I would tap into those resources. You're finding there's women groups all over the country, and more likely you can find one or two in your uh, city or town. And those are great resources to maybe, maybe you're not ready to venture 100% solo, but maybe you come up with a trip idea, you meet other women and you do it together, but it's solo still in my opinion, because you're doing it on your terms. I think traditionally speaking, when we think of a solo traveler, it's going and socializing and meeting other people either before you take that trip or after. So look for small groups that are emphasizing the appeal for the solo traveler, or, you know, you can certainly venture on your own. So there's so many options for solo traveling, but I do think you need to find, find those resources. And, and certainly my agency, Boutique Travel Advisors, can serve as that resource as well. Thanks so much, Angie Rice. And that website is travelbta.com. Up next, we'll take a look at the latest on a key player in the meat alternative market. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Shares of California-based Beyond Meat are down sharply today following the release of its latest report, so let's dig into it with the help of Arun Sundaram, analyst at CFRA Research based in Rockville, Maryland. And Arun, let's first talk about uh, Beyond Meat itself, because much like Dippin' Dots that claimed to be the ice cream of the future, I think Beyond Meat hoped to sort of revolutionize the meat industry of the future, but maybe that's over? Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, it was, it's, it's been another, it was another disappointing quarter. It's, you know, it's kind of become accustomed to investors. Now it's just one disappointing quarter after another. Uh, the company's just really having trouble growing sales, particularly in the U S um, and, you know, right now it's just, you know, plant, plant-based meat adoption is not really taking off, um, especially not compared to what they, what they expected by, by this time frame. So the overall market is, is very soft for plant-based meat. What's the holdup with with mass adoption or what what are consumers saying and what's behind sort of this lackluster response? Yeah, you know, I think I think right now it's, it's really tough because, you know, with, with all the inflationary pressures against the consumer, um, there's just less trial for plant based meat products. You know, like if you're walking to a grocery store today and you don't have as much spending power as you had, you know, maybe a, a year or two ago, you're not willing to try trial some of these products. And especially when, you know, when you go to restaurants as well, you're not trialing these products because it's typically priced at a, you know, a higher price point. And so if you're not trialing it at the restaurant, you're not trialing at the, at the retailer, um, it's, you know, it's really hard for, you know, adoption to, to, to spread. Um, and that's really impacting right now the, uh, in, in the U.S. It's really the, the fact that um, they haven't been able to trial it. And, and another aspect I, I, would, I would point out, too, is that um, the percentage of people who think plant-based meat products are healthy that percentage has dropped. You know, I think a lot of people initially trialed these products thinking they were really healthy, and then they come to realize it may, may not be as healthy as they initially thought. Um, so the repeat rates are, are, are dropping for, for plant-based meat, and that's also been, had been for the company. And isn't that sort of the definition of a fad, where we're, we're seeing people try it once and not come back? Yeah, no, that's you're, you're right. You know, it's, it's been harder to, uh, to, to drive adoption here in the U.S., now, now, Beyond Meat is also, they're an international company. They have a really big presence in Europe. And in Europe, you know, you've seen adoption grow um, at, a, at, a, at a better rate uh, than the U.S. And I think one big difference in, the, in Europe, for example, is that uh, adoption there is more driven towards factors like climate change and the environment. That's not the same factor as driving adoption here. The, the, the main reason to, to adopt plant-based meat products in the U.S. is, is on um, nutrition. And that, that's the number one factor. And right now, there's been, you know, some misinformation about the nutrition of these products. There's been some 
I would say, you know, maybe inappropriate comparisons, like comparing plant-based meat products to, say, a salad, for example. It's not necessarily the, you know, an apples to apples comparison there. Mm -hmm. The real comparison needs to be, you know, plant-based meat compared to a traditional, um, you know, animal meat counterpart. Thanks so much for joining us, Arun Sundaram, analyst at CFRA Research in Rockville, Maryland. Still ahead on this Travel Tuesday, some late summer getaways right here in Illinois. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Charges are filed in the shooting death of a young girl in Chicago. Parts of the country dealing with the major impact of severe storms. It's also Travel Tuesday, and there is still time for a summer getaway in Illinois. And champagne is hot these days. We'll take a look at trends in drinking. WBBM Business Dow down 267 points. The Nasdaq off 160. The S&P 500 down 36 points. Weather says some sunshine today with a chance for some scattered showers and a high of 85 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues as a 43-year-old Northwest Side man has a bond hearing today. He's charged with the murder of a young girl over the weekend. Michael Goodman is accused of shooting and killing 9-year-old Sarabi Medina on Saturday night. This neighbor's thankful, though, the victim's father with his bravery for taking down the gunman. He saved other people because... God only knows what that monster intended to do that night, how many lives he was going to take. And if it wasn't for Sarabi's father, there could be a lot more. Goodman allegedly approached a group of people standing on a sidewalk on the 3500 block of Long Avenue, pulled out a handgun and shot the child in the head. Severe weather is causing chaos across the country, leaving hundreds of thousands of people without power and causing travel issues for many more. CBS's Meg Oliver is in the Whitehall, Maryland. Here in Maryland, the powerful wind knocked trees into homes, snapped power lines, and caused dangerous flash flooding. At one point, nearly 50 people were trapped in their cars under fallen power lines along Route 140. All were safely rescued. Satellite images shows the storm moving east, packing intense pops of lightning. In Tennessee, severe weather snapped trees and forced hundreds of people to evacuate an apartment complex. One person was struck by lightning in Alabama. Another was hit by a falling tree in South Carolina. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Markets are in the red. Joining us this afternoon on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Gary Kultbaum, president of Kultbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, Florida. And uh, Gary, can you help us make sense of why we're seeing so much red on Wall Street today? Yeah, uh, put in one part, the market really hasn't had any decent correction in a while. And usually there's ebbs and flows in the market where it goes up two steps goes down one step in a bullish phase. And we really haven't had that. And you combine that with uh, a big rating service comes out and says some of our small to mid-sized banks have problems. We're downgrading and lowering their ratings, which means their cost of capital goes up. And the financials, which already had a big body blow from the Silicon Valley Bank episode early in the year, uh, and they've been trying to get off the floor, 
coming back down a little bit. So one plus one equals two. You get a little bit of weakness. I don't think it's the end of the world, but watching it closely. Well, you touched on the Silicon Valley banks, and I think there was a lot of assurance that this would not trickle into other sectors of banking. But here we are seeing Moody's downgrading uh, several regional banks. Well, there's more to it than what happened with Silicon Valley. Uh, Offices around the country, especially in uh, downtown areas, uh, a lot of them are are not even back to 50 percent occupied. And some of them that were put up for sale and sold at 25 cents on the dollar. And there's worry that a lot of these banks are on the hook for a lot of that debt and whether or not they'll be able to cover it uh, going forward. And some of the worst stocks in the market have been uh, the office stock. So uh, that's just an, another avenue. And then you can also add interest rates have gone back up to where um, the, the 10-year yields at 4%. So mortgages are now in the sevens. That's a little worry. And oil prices back to 82 bucks. It was 68 just a month ago. And that's a lot of money out of the pocket, out of consumers, drivers, and businesses uh, with gas prices, I think, up about 30 cents in the last uh, month. Well, and that's sort of a, a measurement, too, of where inflation stands. You can look at as many data points as you want, but consumers are really looking at what am I paying for things like fuel? What am I paying for groceries? So I'm curious, you know, uh, what with the, the CPI expected this week uh, for July, do you think that the Fed is going to orchestrate this soft landing everyone keeps referring to? Well, if we have a soft landing, it's not because of the Fed. It's because 160 million of us go to work every day to do better for ourselves and our families. I think the Fed is quite overrated. Uh, Look, as far as inflation, we've definitely come down from very big highs. uh, But it's to be watched because if anything's going to hurt, it would be oil prices, which are are huge uh, to the economy. And 40 percent of the number on those oil prices our drivers, and that includes whether you're driving for Uber or FedEx or UPS and the like, so to be watched. And we also know if you go to just any uh, uh, food store, prices are still elevated Mm -hmm. for a lot of areas in the food. So again, that's to be watched because if the Fed has to continue to raise rates, cost the capital for everything through the food chain, that cuts into profits, cuts into valuations in the market, and can turn into something worse. Gary, we're through the bulk of corporate earnings season. What's been your biggest takeaway there? Um, Well, as usual, guidance was lower than uh, expected, so a lot of people beat. But uh, I look at the overall valuation. We're probably trading at around 21 times earnings in the market right now, and typically the norm is 16. So uh, if earnings really don't start to surprise to the upside going forward to fill that gap, Uh, there's probably going to be some heck to pay in in the next year ahead. But I've seen it before where earnings really start to skyrocket again, and and it works itself out. So again, that's to be watching. I'm staying very close in touch with a lot of big corporations to get a good feel for that. And what advice then do you give to the individual investor trying to sort of navigate those waters? Uh, If you're nervous, that means you own too many stocks. That's number one. Number two is two years ago, you were getting 0% on your money. You can buy a one-year treasury bill right now getting almost 5.4%, and that's uh, federal tax but not local and state. So your riskless income investments are so much better here. Not a bad way to go if you're a little bit nervous and the market continues to come down. 
Thanks so much, Gary Kolbaum, president of Kolbaum Capital Management in Orlando. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Up next in Travel Tuesday, celebrating those final weeks of summer with a getaway in Illinois. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday, and as summer is winding down, there is still some time to grab those special moments in Illinois. Let's get some direction from Daniel Thomas, Deputy Director of the Illinois Office of Tourism here in Chicago. And Daniel, this is one of the great things about living in the Chicago area is you are not far away from a lot of great visits, a lot of great tourist attractions, parks, you name it. You're absolutely right, Rachel, and great to join you on Travel Tuesday. There's just so many opportunities to, across the state. It's almost like summer is beginning again. And the first location I want to talk to you about today is We appreciate everyone's been at the water parks, they've been on the river, they've maybe had the big city break. We're going to turn that adventure meter down a little bit and and get in zen with the Japanese, Anderson Japanese Gardens in Rockford, just a short 45-minute hour drive from Chicago. And it was actually the United States' first formal Japanese garden. So who doesn't love capturing that great family photo, 12 acres of beautiful, serene landscapes, Uh, You can get up close with cascading waterfalls, and of course, you can spot a lot of the fish in the Koi-filled pond. So great for that first stop uh, in in sort of a a day trip or an overnight. I also know that a lot of people, when they're planning a trip, uh, they want to find somewhere where they have some good eats or sweets. So what advice do you have for that? Absolutely. Look, we continue on the state. We're going to head to the Quad Cities. And of course, Moline is a super family destination. It's about a three-hour drive from Chicago. And after you've taken, uh, meandered through the John Deere Pavilion um, in Moline, you can get up close with a lot of the uh, interactive exhibits. But then you can move on to having lunch on the Celebration Bell. And, of course, who doesn't want to take a family cruise along the mighty Mississippi Mm -hmm. and enjoy lunch along our cruise and see just the majestic uh, fields of of the Illinois uh, Mississippi and and the Illinois Rangers. And as temperatures start to cool down or maybe just become a little bit more bearable, I think a lot of people, too, are looking to get outdoors, do something a little bit more active, perhaps. Absolutely. There's a lot to do. And of course, if we continue down the state, I'm going to take you to southern Illinois. Who doesn't like getting out uh, and having freshly picked peaches and enjoying fresh smoothies? So in southern Illinois, it's another incredible place to keep driving. So whether you're driving, taking Amtrak or maybe taking the new air service into Marion to get you sort of in the southern Illinois, you can get out there and, and change gears and Rendleman Orchards and Alto Pass celebrating their 150th anniversary this year. And of course, if you're there in the next week, August 11 and 12 is the Cobden Peach Festival. Mm. And then of course, once you've done that, stay a night in that area and then you can do a family selfie and scenic photos in the UTEC Zinnia Flower Field. And so just, just so many opportunities to get out and explore the great outdoors. And is there a resource, too, that we can look for all of these ideas? I'm guessing that the Illinois Office of Tourism has some other great suggestions as well. We do, Rachel, and I don't know if you've seen the lineup for the Illinois State Fair, but that starts on Thursday. Some really great musical lineups. There's a new 
slide, giant slide at Route 66, and there's a great new exhibit at night time. So overnight there, but all of our itineraries, we have over 100 uh, itineraries curated on enjoyillinois.com, and you're bound to find something there uh, that will uh, extend your summer vacation in Illinois. Thanks so much, Daniel Thomas, Deputy Director of the Illinois Office of Tourism. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, we'll talk about what's hot and what's not in the business of booze. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. There are some definite trends when it comes to alcoholic beverages, including a rise in bubbly. Let's check in with Carly Katz, owner of Bottles and Cans in Chicago. And uh, Carly, I don't know if I would have known this, that champagne pain is popping quite literally literally everywhere um it's 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 a trend we've seen over the last like couple of years as as people again i i feel like i i explain this a lot to people but covid really changed a lot of how people perceive their their beverages hmm. and when there was no going out no celebratory moments for the bubble people were just like you know what i'm just gonna do this on my couch and enjoy it and that trend kind of stayed with us and it was kind of a fun thing to see. And now people are a little bit more willing to say it's not a necessary, like, celebratory moment. But, you know, my show's coming back out, you know. So <laughs> it's, it's been kind of a trend for a while now. Anything can be celebratory if you make it 100%. that way. So, yeah, 100%. What are some other trends that we're sort of seeing in the business of booze? I feel like I'm hearing less and less about maybe some craft beers. And a lot of, obviously, seltzers are still huge. Mm-hmm. Seltzers definitely. I mean, for the for the warmer weather, for sure. Seltzer is it's it's lighter. It doesn't make you feel as full. Um, but as like craft beer kind of hits this plateau, we're seeing spirits go up. We're seeing a lot of like like whiskeys and in, in the um, the craft like cocktail movement where you're getting your cocktail in a can instead of buying you know each ingredient making it at home. Now you kind of have it at your disposal whenever you want it. But a lot of these beer companies are hearing what the world is saying, and now they're pivoting. They're saying, okay, we did beer, we're loving this, but now maybe it's time for a, a, new, a new portfolio to look into. I know, I know Coors Light just bought a large whiskey um, book, and it's, it's great to see this. I'm excited to kind of see where this goes. Um, it'll be interesting to see if some of these big beer companies can – can do the same with beer as they hopefully want to do with whiskey. Well, and here's the other interesting trend that I've noticed is, it's, and I don't know if it's a collaboration so much as it is just, this is a, a drink that's already working, so let's put some booze in it. But I mean, there's there's Sunny D, there's Capri Sun, wow. there's Mountain Dew. Like, I don't know what specific generation or demographic they're trying to appeal to, but it, it is sort of creative. I'm, um, you know... <laughs> I feel like there's always like each generation kind of has their their own swing, you know. I mean, I was from the generation when everyone started saying like Red Bull vodkas, which oh, yeah. we now realized was a tremendous mistake. <laughs> um, but everyone kind of has their their own thing now, and I'm I personally am not a big mixer of of juice and alcohol. I I just it, for me it just doesn't really get me where I would like to be. But again, it's it's what people want to do. Warmer weather kind of also promotes a lot more of like, you know, you try to convince yourself, well, if I put juice in it, this will be, this is healthy. There's this vitamins is in there, right? Yeah. yeah. There's vitamins in there, you know, and, and again, no disrespect to it, but yes, everyone kind of has 
that trend of things. I've absolutely seen friends add vodka to like their white claws, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. We're, <laughs> that's the Saturday we're having, you know? So it's like, it's, it's interesting and it's fine. I think that there's a lot of really already like amazing craft cocktails like out there that don't need to be mixed with anything. I mean, right in our own backyard, Maplewood Distilling, they have amazing craft cocktails, tip top, amazing craft cocktails. And those you don't need to put in all the work. Thank- <laughs> like that's, right. And that's what I like. I like little work on those on those notes. Thanks so much, Carly Katz, owner of Bottles and Cans here in Chicago. Of course, you'll find past programs and later today, a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.